0: start 2014, we want to encourage you to know that this year, God has the best year for you in store. Clearly it says, in the Word it says, that God started a good work in you, and He will continue until it's finished, and this year is going to be an awesome year for you. Do you not believe that? Well, I'm Pastor Rob. We've given Pastor Carl the weekend off. Last week he spoke nine times. I think he deserves a break. So I promise you I won't bore you. It's going to be a very practical message. I need you to get your notes out. You're going to want your notes. Friday night, a lady came up to me after the service says, I know you told me to take notes and I didn't do it. How do I hear this message again? Because it's very practical. I'm going to be speaking about something that's a very much a passion in my life. A passion. I've been on staff here for almost 30 years as a pastor here. And I want you to know, I definitely know my passion. My passion is for you to be all God created you to be. And that's a passion that runs through me. It pulses through me. I care about passion. I care about you reaching every ounce of your dreams that God intended you to have. Would you not? How was your, by the way, I want to just say, how was your Christmas? Merry Christmas. Everybody have a great Christmas. We pray that it was all that God would have created it to be for you. In my life, it's changed. My kids have grown. I now have four grandkids. Amazing. Yes. You know, there are, there are different stages in life. Some are in that stage where they just grab it, open it, and chuck it next. And some are a lot more reflective and, and thankful. They'll go try it on, look in the mirror, pose. You know, the girls are, I mean, I don't know what happens. It's in the genes of a girl to learn, to know how to pose. It's an amazing thing. They just, you know, they get in the mirror. They got that smile. That's awesome. And it's an amazing thing. And, you know, I, I bought a house in Kailua many years ago, and it happened to come with a fireplace. I have no idea. But uh, it was two stockings on there, uh, you know, some 30 years ago, and now there's 12. So I have, uh, my Christmases are blessed by an awesome family that I have. I'm so uh, thankful to God. I wake up every morning and thank God for my family. And it's a really a special week in my life. My uh, son, uh, Paul, is getting married this week. Uh, next, a week from, a week from uh, yesterday, Saturday. He is, uh, God blessed me with a son who, you know, I happen to be a sports fan. If anybody had been around here long enough to know that, I'm a big time sports fan and a big time golfer. And God gave me a son who likes those things even more than I do. So we have a lot in common. I love talking to my son. I want you to put that picture back up because my son, my son eight years ago or seven years ago, uh, that's his future wife, Bree, and that is their daughter, Emma as you can tell that something's out of order here. Would you not say? <laughs> there was. Seven years ago, Paul got Bree pregnant. And I want you to know, for being a pastor, he grew up as a pastor's kid, that's all he's ever known as church. I can tell you, is that not the shot heard around the world when he had to tell me that he got his girlfriend pregnant? What do you think the mom and dad did? That was a very dark day in my life. Very dark time. But can I just say that Romans 8.28 says, that God causes all things to work together for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. I say that because I couldn't possibly think about living one day without that kid. That kid is an awesome kid. Every time I see her, she brightens my day. She has so much personality. It's crazy personality, but I want you to know in your life, there might've been something in the past long ago or this year, and you don't think, how could I possibly get out of it? I want you to know God, through his grace in your life, we'll put that behind you. Good. Good. So as we enter 2014, I want you to know God has nothing but an awesome life ahead of you. Amen. God is a God of grace and mercy. How many would say that this year flew by? Yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And it, did you accomplish everything you'd hope to? No. <laughs> no, probably not. But my, by the time I'm done here, I hope to, to encourage you and inspire you to reset your life, to re- hit the reset button of your life. A few years ago, when I first got my first version of my iPhone, it stopped working. And my son said, hey, you just need to reset the phone. You've got too many things open. Just turn it off, turn it back on, and it resets itself. And it's an amazing thing. Anybody got an iPhone? You gotta reset that thing. How about anybody have a computer that ever went to a blue screen? And it, yes, 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 I understand. <laughs> hey, and when you called the Geek Squad on the phone, hey, what's wrong with my computer? What did they say to you? Turn it off and turn it back on. That's the first thing anybody says. I happen to know a guy that's a part of that Geek Squad. And you call him, he goes, he's so used to saying it, it comes out of his mouth all the time. Did you turn it off and did you turn it back on? And you know what happens when you turn it off and turn it on? It recalibrates itself, it resets itself. All that viruses, all those things that got on there that's throwing it off and causing it to go slow, it resets itself. And I want to submit to you that at least once a year, you need to reset yourself. And what a better time to do it than the new year. The new year. Because everything is new. New promises, new things are about to happen in your life. And it's an amazing thing. So today I wanna encourage you and I want to teach you how to hit the reset button of your life and you're gonna need to take those notes. You ready to go? Okay, here's what's going. First thing first, you gotta put the past in the past. You gotta. Because if you, to really pursue all your dreams and your desires, all your greatest needs and your future, your callings and your life, you can't live life looking in the rear view mirror. You cannot. If you allow past hurts and missed opportunities and mistakes that you've made or others made around you or to you to dominate your thinking, you're never gonna reach the potential God has for you. Allowing yourself to live in a constant state of anger right below the surface because of what something somebody has done to you. Or dodging people who you've hurt is not what God would have for you. Living in a, you know, with anger and resentment and bitterness and discontentment and discouragement is far from what God has for you. I want you to know that you know, I have a guy that I've been counseling and we've been meeting about four or five times now. And every single time we met with each other, he's always said this to me, she has ruined my life, ruined my life. And I said, you know what, I gotta tell you, no one can ruin your life but you. They can hurt you, Amen. and they can harm you, and they can scare you. They can do all kinds of things, but they can't ruin your life unless you give them permission. No. And see, he had given her permission yeah. to ruin his life because yeah. he could not, he keeps rerunning the tapes over and over of what she did to him. She's, You she's, were a product of her past, but we don't have to be prisoners of our past, and he's become a prisoner of past mistakes done to him. Are you hearing me? And God would not want that at all to happen to you. I want you to know God has given us an unbelievable gift. That video that we just showed you just is a beautiful picture of God's forgiveness for you. When I say he erases your past, he does. The word clearly says that he forgives you and he wipes it clean. He keeps no record of wrong in your lives. An amazing thing. But guess what? We have that same gift. I don't care what you bought and the most expensive gift you gave out this Christmas or you received or gave it to come compare to the gift that you give yourself or others. And that's the gift of forgiveness. And by the way, you have to forgive others. If they've offended you on any level, they might not forgive you. And that's not your issue, but you have to forgive them. It says this clearly in the word. It says this in Matthew 6, verse 14 and 50. It says, If you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But, and there's a big but here, if you don't forgive others their trespasses, neither will the Father forgive you. And it says this in Ephesians, the fourth chapter. It says, it says Be kind to one another, tender hearted, forgiving one another as Christ has forgiven you. I have no doubt that some of us in this room have been devastated by hurt, both to you or you've done to others. And I wanna say today, right now, it has to stay in this room. It cannot leave this room today. When we're done with this service, we're gonna pray. And I want you to commit with me that if you are harboring unforgiveness and bitterness towards somebody, a grudges, it stays here today, Will it not? But let me tell you something else. Some of us in this room, our, prefer- our perfectionist gene runs over time in our life. We have such high expectations of ourselves. And by I say, my dear say, if you are that person, you have the same high expectations for the people around you and good luck to be <coughs> you. But we have such high expectations of ourselves when we make a mistake or don't accomplish all that we had hoped to do, it's hard for us to forgive ourselves. We, we live in a constant state of negativity because we just aren't measuring up to our own standards. Are you hearing me? Yes. That has to stay here too, because God would not want you to be in bondage to that. Sometimes we get such our, our perfectionist gene and about half of this room I'm talking to you are, takes on overdrive and the people around us, it's hard to be around you sometimes. Are you hearing me? I just want you to know, but you gotta forgive yourself if that's, uh, sometimes we get beat up. In that last service, somebody came out to me and goes, oh man, you were talking to me. Let me read this out of Isaiah 43 in the message version. It says this, forget about what's happened. Isaiah is Isaiah the prophet's telling us this, forget about what's happened. Don't keep going over old history. Be alert, be present. I'm about to do something brand new. It's bursting out. Don't you see it? You see God screaming at us saying, I have got some new, don't be trapped with a past. Know that I've got something awesome for you moving forward. But if you're only looking back to the rear of a mirror, you're never gonna see the opportunity I have presented before you. Are you there with me this morning? You've got to leave your past today behind you. You can't be, be driven by those things. And secondly, and I need to say this importantly, is if you were to describe life using only one word, Let's take a shot at this. Throw a couple of di- Life, and you got to only use one word. What would you, how would you describe life? Awesome. Awesome. Crazy. Crazy. Awesome and crazy. Precious. 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 What was that? Full. Full. I'm going to use a word here. I have my defi- definition too. If I can use one word to describe life, I would use the word choices. Wonderful. So I would use the word choices. You know, let me just say this. If you're married in this room, a lot of us are, you choose every single day to love your spouse. You choose that, you choose that. Every single day you wake up in the morning, you choose to love your spouse. And I wanna encourage you to do that because the alternative sucks to be you. (laughs) No, if you wake up every day, and you're thinking negative, you're thinking not positive about your spouse, you're looking, you're, you're, you're keeping records of wrong, you're criticizing, you're judging them in your mind. I promise you, that's far from what God wants. But we are, God's give us a free will and a, a great mind. An unbelievable brain. If you don't believe in God, just study the human mind and the brain. How complex that is. And, and come to some, some type of realization that we just didn't evolve from nothing. There had to be a creator that created us and created this mind. It's a beautiful thing and we have free will and we have free choices every day. We make hundreds of choices every day. We choose when we wake up and what we eat and where we go and what we say and who we hang out with, what we watch on TV. We make a zillion choices a day, can I just say to you that we need to choose to bring life to every situation moving forward. All of us, all of us, By this point in our lives, probably all, like a computer, you know, a computer, when you turn it on, it goes to its normal default settings to whatever font you have, whatever style you have, whatever things it have in your computer, it automatically goes there, it's been wired that way. Sometimes you've set it that way, the factory set it. It goes to its default. By the way, you have defaults. All of us live in routines, all of us do. We wake up, do the same thing. And, and we we just kind of cruise to that. And we if we're gonna reset the button of our life in 2014, sometimes we have to change the routine. We have to choose that. This year, uh, Pastor Carl had us go through the Daniel fast. Anybody do that with us? Awesome time. Only thing I struggled. What do you think I struggled with? Coffee. You win the prize. Bring it forward, please. Coffee, you know, I don't know what, but you know what, I got, I I tried my best. not to. So I changed, in my life, my default button was get up in the morning, hit the coffee machine, turn the TV on CNN. That was my routine for several years, it'll be many years, that was default. But after the fast, I said, no, I'm making changes in my life, I'm choosing to change. So I went right for the coffee button still, but I went right for my Bible. I went right for my phone that has the Bible on it. And I went right for my journal. So my def- I had to choose to change that. And I want you to know, I am such a more peaceful person because how many know, first thing getting the coffee and watching CNN and all that, what's going on in there is not a settling way to start the day. I mean, the market's down 200 points. How do you think my day went? <laughs> not good. But I'm just saying, cha- choices are an important part. It says this in Philippians, the fourth chapter, Paul tells us this. And it's an amazing, it says it's the one final thing. Can you ever write in a letter, hey, one final thing, this is really important. And that's what Paul's saying here. This is really important, catch this. It says, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing, fix your thoughts on what is true and what is honorable and what is right and what is pure and admirable. Think about the things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you've learned and received from me. Everything you've heard me see, everything you heard from me and saw me doing, and that will bring the peace of God. Into your life. Choices are so important. You gotta change the default. I you know, that's why resolutions really don't work. What's the number one resolution in America today is lose weight? Get in shape. We've all done it. Gotta lose weight, gotta get in shape. So I wanted to do that a couple of years ago, so I decided to join 24 Hour Fitness. You know, they give you a pass, password. So I was into it. And I went a couple times. (laughs) It was such a distance between the next time I forgot my password. Anybody do that? See, I didn't change the default button in my life. I chose to just get in cruise. I kept the same routine going. If you want to make any change in your life, you've got to choose it. You've got to mentally choose it. I want to write something on my mirror in my bedroom, my bathroom. I want to put, choose life. And I'm going to do that today. I'm going to get something, I put it, I going to just make sure I put it there. Because I want to remind myself every day, make the choice to love the world. I, in fact, you know, can I just say this? With the Holy Spirit in you, pulsing through you, there's in a situation you shouldn't walk into that you don't change the very climate of the room by you walking into it. If you walk into your workplace or your classroom, just the fact that you walked in there with the Holy Spirit and you being a person of faith and a, just in a great move, you're choosing to be in a great mood that day, you're choosing not let things get you down. You walk in, can you imagine how warm that, that classroom would be, that workplace would be, that home would be? But if you choose to you know, be in a negative, judgmental mood, you know, just walking in, can you imagine how cold that would be? By the way, you're probably called the grouch of the office if that's you. They probably don't want you there. You know, you ever, you ever been there? you go, oh, oh, here, here. I what kind of mood that. I want you to just know that God would call us to be salt and light in that situation. But guess what we do? We choose that. So as we reset the button, you gotta leave the past in the past and you gotta choose it. So let's talk about some practical things we need to do to reset the life and I've used an acoustic on the word reset and the R it's in your notes. The R is relax, relax, slow down, take a deep breath. If statistics hold true, more than half of us in this room have trouble sleeping at night because we've allowed the stresses and the anxiety of this world to overwhelm us. And how many know that not getting enough sleep is not healthy? All your hands go up. Yes, I understand. By the way, I am in your camp. I'm there. It's getting better. I just want you to know that God, you know, here, here, here's the picture I have. Every one of us, the word says that every one of us will stand before God someday. Every one of us will have to stand before Jesus someday. I can imagine we get up there and he comes oh, it's so good to see you. Just bear hugs us. And then he kind of steps back and goes, what were you thinking though? Man, I had so much for you. I had such these great plans, but you were just speeding through life. We never kind of connected very often. We didn't get together. You were doing life so quickly that you didn't really know that we wanted to connect. You didn't have your priorities together, Rob. You needed to be more connected to me. I was thinking of a great story in the Bible. One of my favorite stories is the story of Mary and Martha. They're sisters. And they live in this village. And they're, they're, if you know the, the Bible very well, you know, they're, they're, they're part of Lazarus world there. And they're in Lazarus home. They live there. And, and whenever Jesus went into this, the word says that whenever Jesus went into this village, he would check out that house. He'd go there because he knew he felt comfortable. Maybe you go to the outer islands, you go to the mainland and there's family or there's friends and you naturally go to that house because you know you're gonna be warmly greeted and you can't wait to see the people. Well, that's the picture right here. Jesus went to Mary and Martha's house. And as soon as Jesus came, Martha got into do mode because she wanted to welcome him. She felt welcoming him was making dinner. Cleaning the house, getting everything ready. So she's really getting just physically going and everybody else is in the living room talking, having a good time and she's doing, doing, doing. All of a sudden it hit her. Why am I doing this by myself? Where's my sister? Anybody ever start doing, doing, doing and all of a sudden you're wondering where's your kids or your spouse or why am I doing this by myself? Kind of start getting a little attitude going on. Anybody ever there? Well, that's what's happened here. Martha's getting an attitude. In fact, she was so bummed out, she went into the room and said, Jesus, tell my sister to help me out. Let me pick up the story. It says this in, uh, in Luke 41. It says, Luke 10, 41. It says, Master, the Master said, Martha, Martha, you're fussing over too much and you're getting yourself worked up over nothing. Mary has chosen uh, the only... The one thing only is essential, and Mary chose it. It's the main course, and it won't be taken away from her. See, Jesus was saying, get your priorities straight. Don't be worried about the things that aren't important. Get the things that are important, and I'm the most important, because we need to have a relationship. And I want you to know when you hit the reset button of life, you need to slow yourself down. Slow yourself down so you can hear God's voice and God can hear your voice. Are you with me on that? By the way, there's a commandment. The, We've studied the 10 commandments this year. One of the commandments is, thou shall keep the Sabbath holy. Gotta be one of the most disobeyed, you know, uh, disobeyed commandments there is. And by the way, the commandment isn't one of those things that if I get around to it, I might check it out. It's a command. It means you gotta do it. And God knew we needed to do that. God knew that we needed to rest as human beings. He knew that we would be stressed out if we didn't. We'd be anxious. And God's saying, I wanna say is when we hit the reset button of life, we have to slow down. You have to choose that though. You gotta choose to slow down. The second, the E, I've chosen the word escape. Escape. The word tells us that Jesus withdrew. Several places in the gospels, the word says that he withdrew, that he got himself out of the craziness that was going around him, all the ministry that was happening, all the things that he was doing, he just knew that he needed to withdraw to be with the father and to just unwind his mind. The word clearly says that he withdrew. And I wanna submit to you that you must learn to withdraw. In my marriage, every year, and it has been for a very long time, and very shortly, as soon as the whole family leaves town, and quickly I'm thinking, wow, I can't wait till they leave town, and they just got here. <laughs> just joking. I'm glad my, my, my twin brother's in town. It's awesome to be with him. But here's the deal. I can't wait to go away with my wife, and we're going to do it in a couple of weeks. We're going to get away, and we're basically going to figure out where we are and where we're headed. we are headed. How are we doing? What do we we wanna accomplish in 2014 and beyond? How are we doing along that? When we go away, we have two rules. I suggest you keep these rules too. And I say, by the way, I had the same rules on date night. We do not talk about our kids or our work because that's what you always talk about. All we do is allow ourselves to talk about us. And not in any way, critical way, but only in a dreaming, awesome, where do we see ourselves? How does this partnership that God put together, how do we accomplish God's plan and our plan in our life? What do we wanna accomplish? I can tell you in my life this year, when we wrote down last January what we wanted to accomplish, and I won't go through it at all, but it was an amazing year. In some ways it was the most amazing year I've ever had as a married, as as a person. I just turned 60 and it's been one of the greatest years of our life as a husband and wife. We've been married for 37 years. And other parts of it is very difficult, but God's still a God of grace and he blew our minds. He accomplished more than where we thought possible, but we learned to go away and escape to really figure out what God and hear God's voice. And I wanna encourage you to do that. I love what it says in Matthew six, check this out. This is, this is, this is right up all of our alleys. Matthew six and the message just says, here's what I want you to do, Jesus talking. Here's what I want you to do. Find a quiet, secluded place so that you won't be tempted to role-play before God. You know what that means? So you won't let your mind just start going, his imagination go wild. Start thinking about all the things going on, your to do list, all this. It means you're not, you're not really focused. You ever get into prayer and all of a sudden you're reading, as you're reading, your mind just went self- self? You ever do that? You can all shake your head yes, because you know you all have. Well, that's what he's saying here. He already knew. You know, you're, you're gonna be, your mind's all over the place. So find a secluded place, And don't let yourself role play. And it goes on to say this, just be there as simply and honestly as you can manage. Wow, God already knew that we had limitations. He goes, just do as best you can, what you can muster, just hang out with me. And then he goes on to this, the focus will shift from you to God and you will begin to sense God's grace in your life. Isn't that an amazing verse? So I wanna to submit to you, if you really wanna to sit the to reset your button in your life. Now, maybe you can't go away for a couple days. That's, that's fine. You don't gotta go away. All you gotta do is get to a place that's secluded. And by the way, that would mean for sure that your phone did not come with you. Yeah, oh. That phone has to stay away from you. By the way, just so you know, there's 200 channels on TV. You can watch the news on about 10 different channels. You can learn how to cook on three. You can watch Duck Dynasty on one. Still haven't figured that show out, but hey, okay, that's okay. There's some, there's a real fans. There's some real fans of Duck Dynasty. Anybody in the room that Duck Dynasty fan, fan? Awesome. Man, that amazing show. But I, you know, I don't actually wander down those channels. I don't seem to get that far down my television screen, uh, television set. But there's an awesome shows out there you can watch. By the way, you can get Netflix and watch any movie. You can get the movie channels. There's a zillion movies available to you, television and movies available to you anytime. How about that for distractions? Then you can go to your Facebook page. You can see what's going on in the world you live in. You know, check out all your friends. You can even go to your Instagram or your Twitter account. I mean, how many different games can you possibly play on your phone or your computer? I mean, how many apps are available to you that you could research every day? Can you imagine the distractions that's, I mean, the distractions are unbelievable today. Would you not agree? When I say escape, I mean that all has to stay. So it's just you, and if you're married, your spouse and God. Because you're allowing, you're asking God, reset my button, reset my priorities, chart my course for this year. Tell me what would you like me to accomplish and what do you have for me to accomplish as a couple or as as a single person or as a student Wherever, that, wherever you find yourself in life, sit alone with God, unwind your mind and really hear from God. Are you with me? The third one, S, set a plan, big one. This is the crutch, this is the meat of the message. Set a plan. The word says in Proverbs 29:18, it says, where there is no vision, my people will perish. Where there is no vision, where there is no plan, 31 times in the Bible, it talks about having a plan, setting a course. So God really intends us to know that there is a plan that he developed for us, that he created in us, that he downloaded from heaven to our hard drive. And he would, to find our best, he'd want us to follow that plan. But so you gotta set a plan. Of course, the first place, I was just saying escape to God and pray because God will unveil things in that plan. The word says that he gives us the desires of our heart. When you get along with God, be attentive. The word says in James that if you want wisdom from God, no problem, I want you to ask. But when you ask, you better be ready for the answer. Are you with me on that? So when you set a plan, you gotta first pray. And then whatever the Lord unveils to you, you gotta put it into action. Because just as a very simple, this is a very you know, elementary el- illustration, but I think it gets across the point. Now, you don't have to raise your hand. I don't want to embarrass anybody, but in your mind, formulate an answer to this question. Is buying a car a goal? Everybody got an answer in their mind? Don't say it out loud. Everybody got an answer? Okay. If you said yes, you were wrong. And whoever said no was dead right. But buying a car is a dream. Here's a goal. Buying a 2014 Mustang Blue with 15 inch rims alloyed with a GPS unit and Bose stereo in it, and I'm gonna pay $51,500, and I'm gonna finance it at this much, and I'm gonna have to raise up this much down payment. Is that a goal? That's a goal. See, a goal has to be measurable, you have to be accountable to somebody, and it has to be researched. That's just the way it works, that's how it goes. Otherwise, it's just a dream and nothing will happen unless you set the plan into action. Very important. Goals or direction. If you don't like the word goals, because sometimes you will like, and you know why some people get so caught up in that perfectionist gene in us gets out of whack and goals become our prisoner and not a tool. It can dominate you. I got to get it done. You know, hey, I want to hang out with you tonight. Say your husband comes up here. I want to hang out. Wife goes, hey, I want to hang out with you today. No, I got a list a mile long. I got goals to accomplish today. Guess what? They become your prisoner. They're only there for a tool, but it is important to have that tool because God says, I need you to have a plan. I need you to have a vision. I need to have some direction in your life. And if you just hope it to happen, that means you cross your fingers and hope it will never happen. But I want you to know, if you learn to set clear goals, it defines your time and your energy. Let me just say it this way. About 20 years, long time ago now, 23 or so years ago, my twin brother got married, got married in California. I'd already lived in Hawaii for about 15 years. So I go home, I'm the best man. I go to the wedding and I pick up my mom and my mom says to me, and this is back in the dark ages when the GPS, before GPS. My mom says, check the roadmap. I don't wanna get lost, Robert. Of course, what do I do? Of course I don't check the roadmap. I know how to get out there, I'm a guy. Now it was a long way away and the things had changed in 15 years, a lot more dramatically than I thought. So I get going on their trip and I went around and around. <laughs> I've never heard my mom, my mom was one of the most gracious moms you've ever met. Very quiet, mild-mannered. But I want you to know she used language that day that even scared me. Woo! (laughs) See, I'm the best man and I'm an hour late for this wedding. Can you imagine how that hour went in my car? (laughs) Not good. The amount of negative energy and disappointment in that car, you could have cut it with a knife. All I needed to do was what? Look at the map! And I would not have gotten lost. I would have been on time. And the energy that I've caused, the negative energy, that would have been nothing there. It had only been the happiest ride of our life. I want you to know setting goals are the roadmap to your life. Because if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. And I want you to know God has an unbelievable year waiting for you, but you have to put it into some type of goals, some type of a plan, some type of a roadmap to get there so you can define what's good and what's not, what's important and what's not. There's good ideas and there's God ideas. Figure that out, that's really important so we don't get caught doing a lot of, because sometimes we live in from, with no goals, by the way, you live from crisis to crisis, whatever the wind blows, whatever urgency comes up, whatever happens, that's where you go, that's what forces. If you have the roadmap, by the way, can I just say this? Unless you know where you're going and know how to get there, anywhere will do. But that's not where God would want you. Are you with me? You gotta know where you're gonna end up so you can set a course to get there. Whatever that looks like. In my life, just so you know, my wife and I actually try to write it out in one or two sentences at the most. What is it we want to accomplish that year? So I can literally put it to this brain, which is, you know, I have a really good memory. It's just very short. (laughs) So I just kind of write down kind of our mission for the year. What is it we want to accomplish? So that way it's always before me. It's always there. And if you walked in my house today, went up to my master bathroom, you would have our goals written there. They're there. They're plastered. They're there. They're written down because goals have to be written down. It can't be just running around up here. They have to be set, written down and you have to figure out how to research it. For instance, my son-in-law, the guy that just led worship up here, Trevor, and my daughter, Sarah, got married this year. I'm um, this year, I'm sorry. Sorry, <laughs> wrong answer there. <laughs> Several years ago, they got married. But what happened this year was amazing because they started out the year, we were, we were trying to say, hey, what, what are you thinking about the future? And their desire was to buy a home. They really They declared, I really wanna buy a house. But they look through their checkbook and they go, impossible, impossible. You know that word vision we just read in in Proverbs 29? It says, without a vision, my people perish. Let me give you my definition of vision. Vision is seeing the possible through the impossible. And see, if Trevor and Sarah just looked at that house, I really want, but looked at their checkbook, they would just look at through the impossible and go, no, I don't, can't, won't happen. Forget it, I'll just rent. But we got them understanding you can, you, can, you can plow through that because God would want you to, to go to the impossible. And that's where God. that's where that God, God's at, right? God's right there. Well, today, during this year, they bought a home. An amazing thing. By God's grace, they bought a home, but they needed a plan. They set out a plan and they accomplished that goal. I wanna say that's available to you. God wants to bless you with that in amazing ways. Jeremiah 29:11 says I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord. Plans to po- prosper for you, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Isn't that amazing? The next one is E, the E in, is engage. If you don't, you know, you write it down or you just say in your mind and you don't engage it, guess how much is going to happen? To me this is the very this is the most important one of the whole deal because this is where we choose to engage. We have to engage it. That means we have to make sure that we see it as important and we do it. Most of us hope it to happen, but don't let it happen. And uh, there's a crazy statistic, I'm just throwing it out there, but 93% of the planet does not have written down measurable goals in their life, 93%. But those 7% absolutely achieve far more spiritually emotionally, financially, and in their family life than most people. So that's statistics. That's not Rob speaking. That is absolute fact. That's from the Harvard Business School. Those 7% far but So when we get together and plan our, we engage this, my wife and I engage this big time. We're thinking about what God is going to do spiritually, which is the most important thing for us. What do you have spiritually for us this year? You know, spending time, like I said, I turned the TV off, I went right for my Bible. That has been such an awesome thing for me. I start the day with peace and serenity. I, you know, I've really connected with God. Not the craziness of what's going on in this world, but with God. But I wanna make sure that I'm taking, I'm taking into account what's gonna happen for me spiritually, emotionally with our family, financially, all that goes with that. I look at all those categories and I want you to know I engage those very strongly. It drives me. It's important to me, and I wanna say to you, you need to engage it. And lastly, the last one is to take to the T, is take time to dream. Take time to dream. Take time to ask yourself, if money was no object and I couldn't fail, what would you have me do, Lord? That's an amazing question. If money was no object and I couldn't fail, what would you have for me, Lord? It says this in Ephesians, the third chapter, one of my favorite verses in the Bible, and I'm sure you know it, that it is one of my favorite. I read it every day. It says this, when I think about all of this, I fall on my knees and I pray to the Father. When I think of all this, when I think of what Jesus, Paul's saying, when I think of what Jesus did for me, <coughs> died for me and forgave me, like that video I was talking about in 2 Corinthians. The old is gone, the new has come. That's what Paul is talking about. When I think of all that, I fall on my knees and I pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and earth. And I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, that means nothing's impossible for God, that he will empower you with the power of his Holy Spirit. And it goes on down into verse 20. I'm going to move it along. Verse 20, it says this. Now, all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us, That means the Lord's put this Holy Spirit and the power that comes with that in your life and mine to accomplish infinitely more than we could ever dare, dream, ask, or hope. That is available for you and it's available this year. And I want to encourage you, don't miss what God has for you. Are you with me on that? Let's pray. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name for each one of us in this room. Lord, I especially pray first and foremost for us in this room who have been hurt, Lord, by others, Lord. We live in a very complicated, self-driven world, Lord, and I pray for anybody in this room who has been touched with a hurt that's beyond their ability to forgive. And I pray right now in Jesus' name and by the power of your Holy Spirit, the blood you shed on the cross, that you would wash them clean and pure from the bondage of unforgiveness, Lord. I pray that right now in Jesus' name for this congregation that you would take that away, that we would forgive others or ourselves right now, Lord. The person who walked in that door today is different, gonna be the different person who walks back out, Lord. I pray in Jesus' name over this congregation this morning to free us from that. And Lord, I pray, Lord, that whatever you would so audaciously give us in our mind, that we'd be willing to write down what you'd want us to accomplish this year, Lord. And I pray, Lord, you would blow our minds and that at the end of this year, when we turn the next chapter of our lives in 2015, we'd look back and go, wow, Lord, you accomplished more than I ever dreamed. So many people we've touched, so many things I've done, I was able to really change. Them. I pray that in Jesus name for this congregation, Lord. And I pray for anyone in this room, Lord, that does not know you, Lord. I pray that they'd come to know you, Lord. Your word says that the old has gone, the old nature is gone when you come and live within that of us and we become a new person. Lord, your word even says that you in Romans that you would change the way we think. That we change our whole the whole you would whole us would change because you came and took residence in our heart, Lord. I want to make that available to any in anybody in this room who's never come to the saving grace of God. The word says that if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. And I pray that for anyone in this room right now, Lord. And I pray, Lord, for this congregation, if anyone in this room has not come to the saving grace of Jesus, I want to invite you to pray along with me to make that happen today because what an amazing 2014 awaits you with the knowledge that Jesus is living inside you and wants the best for you. But here's how we do it. I want you to make sure I know who's praying because it says, yeah, you have to confess that. You have to be proud of that. And how we do that here is when I count the three, I want you to raise your hand boldly and say, yes, I want Jesus in my life. So I'm gonna pray and then we're gonna hitchhike. Then I'll have you hitchhike my prayer and let Jesus come and take residence in your heart. One, two, three, raise your hand right now. That's you, one. Yes, I see you, one, two, three, four. Five, six, seven. Thank you. They're clapping because they know that your life is never gonna be the ch- same today. It's a changing point, a game changer in your life. If you let Jesus take over, Lord, I pray. Hitchhike off my words, Lord, forgive me for doing my own thing, my own way for the, my whole life, Lord. I wanna change that, please, Lord. Change the way I think, Lord. Forgive me of my sins. Make me new again in you, Lord. Send your Holy Spirit to guide me and direct me, to counsel me and to love me, Lord. I pray in Jesus' name that I would really feel your your tangible presence of your Holy Spirit in my life today. And I pray others will see a new me because you've taken residence, Lord. There's so many questions I have, Lord. Answer those questions. Lord, make me new today. In Jesus' name, we all said, amen.